This is an after-school program podcast. Welcome to the Home Studio Hangout Podcast, where we explore what it's like building, running, and working out of a home studio with your hosts, Joshua Matutuk, Andrew Simmons, and many guests in different areas of the music industry. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a hot minute for me. Joshua Boy has been doing it all by himself for the last three. He's been, I'm so proud. I'm so proud, Josh. You've been doing it. I feel like a grown up. (laughs) Been doing it, running it by yourself, man. Uh, No, no, dude, they're really good. They were really good. Never slurp into the mic like that again. (laughs) You're fired. (laughs) No, they were, uh, they were really good episodes, man. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I really, tried really hard. I really dug them. Um, today, we have a fun episode for you because this is something that I think we've talked about a little bit with guests. Um, we talked about it some with, I think we've talked about it some with everybody other than Jason. Uh, we talked about it with Nick. We talked about it with both the Nicks, and we talked about it with John. Uh, and that is school as related to the music industry. Um, I think we have some like, I don't know. Me and Josh probably feel roughly the same about this. Maybe we might have differing opinions on this. We're going to find out. Uh, <laughs> the, I'm pretty sure we've had entire, like multiple hour long conversations about how much we both hate audio school. I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I think everybody that we've talked to, pseudo agrees i think uh um, there's like a gray area where it makes sense and i think it also depends on your country yeah yeah so like <laughs> de lorenzo his school was very much like went to school did the thing got an internship at the mastering studio and then that's what he did like it was very you know a b c d very much like old music industry used to be here um where so now here it's very much like a lot of schools i don't know a lot of schools just aren't keeping up with the modern industry but let's let's kind of start from our personal experiences before we kind of get into our qualms with it um we'll start with you josh so so i um like most kids whenever you're in high school you're like panicking about what school you're gonna go to so I considered going to Middle Tennessee State. It was very expensive, and I remember looking at that, and I was like, well, I can't afford to do that. My parents can't afford to do that, so, like, I probably shouldn't do that. So, like, that automatically took out the other options, like Berkeley, you know? So, like, (laughs) I just kind of, like, had that realization, and I was, like, thankfully, like, you know, I was talking to Nick about it, too, and he was kind of able to like guide me through it where he was like, well, you can, but like, I know plenty of people who didn't. And so I was kind of like going back and forth and I finally came to the decision of if I go to school, then in four years, I'll come out with a degree. I probably won't have that much work under my belt and I'll be in almost $200,000 worth of debt. So I decided to not do it. I was considering full sale also. And uh, thankfully some sense got talked into me pretty quickly. Um, Cause after knowing people who went to full sale and, you know, went through that whole thing, it's just not a good experience. Um, if you actually want to do something other than run for coffee and alcohol for studios. <laughs> and um, uh, side note, full sales, like, animation thing is actually like really good yeah it's sick my uh this lady i work with her son he went there and he got a job like right out of college with like dreamworks mm-hmm. it's because they're designing this whole thing and like yeah it's very sick and so yeah i kind of went through the motions i was like i don't know what to do i had a little bit of money set aside for college so i decided to do the berkeley online classes And I was going for a certificate program just for, like, general music production and mixing. And uh, 
I mean, it was cool. I learned Pro Tools really well. Um, but like I was in advanced mixing and mastering, learning about volume automation, like halfway through the course. And I was like, that's it. I'm dropping out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, part of that was because like, I think I was a little bit more egotistical back then. But then part of it also was like, you know, I'm getting a pat on my back because like I programmed drums, you know, like it just wasn't the type of place that I wanted to really be, especially because like the online curriculum is just weird. Um, now I know plenty of people who've done like the ear training and music theory stuff online and they loved it. So, you know, it, it's just like really what you want to get out of it and how much money you have and what you can afford. Mm-hmm. But I kind of learned uh, pretty quickly that audio school definitely wasn't for me. Um, I have considered going back for music theory just because, like, I want to learn more about all of that. And uh, I've uh, kind of, like, set this weird goal in my head that, like, if I ever make an exorbitant amount of money, then I'm just going to go ahead and take time and, like, actually go to art school. Because um, <laughs> I would really love to get kind of, like, a off-the-wall education like that um just to kind of do it you know and experience Mm -hmm. something new but it's just not on the agenda right now financially and timeline wise so that's been uh that's like a brief history of like what like how i ended up going to audio school Mm sort of and then still didn't like it yeah i um mine was i graduated from high school um in the south there's not it's not a, especially in 2009 let's reframe this there wasn't a lot of i don't know there wasn't a lot of like if you weren't living in a major city that did music like nashville new york or even boston or atlanta you didn't really know that like production school was a thing like it wasn't it wasn't really like an option like i didn't even know what like i think we've we've talked about this before but i didn't even know what like the producer was a job or mix engineer was like a potential thing that could even be possible right um until i was like two years into college uh so what i did was i was like oh well i like music and i can i played trumpet in high school uh, I was in band, marching band, all that kind of stuff. Um, I also play guitar and like piano and all that kind of stuff in church band and other bands. Uh, so I was like, okay, cool. Well, I could probably go like be a teacher, have a steady job and just kind of do the band thing on the side. Um, so I went to school at a place called Southern Wesleyan University, uh, which is where my dad went to school. Um and it was more of like your traditional private school education system um saying it was really geared towards either education or performance and that was kind of no in between uh and i would say a lot of private <clears throat> a lot of private schools at least that i've seen and like i worked at a private school a lot of them, a lot of the classes that they offer you are geared towards like one of three things. Mine didn't offer theater, but theater is a big one. Uh, and then music performance and then music education being the, th- the third option. So basically they either want you to go play in the jazz group or in an orchestra. They either want you to go do theater work at a small theater or they want you to teach, which is the most well-paying out of all three of those potentially um i figured out about halfway through my freshman year that you know building tracks and making beats and all that kind of stuff was a thing i got into ableton and that whole reason world and started kind of doing stuff there and after that i realized that i don't know I, I finished I like I enjoyed my time at college. I will say that. I enjoyed probably the first year of school for me. It was a little different because I was physically in person, but also my first year consisted of things like 
jazz theory, music theory, uh, ear training. My ear training teacher, uh, first one was a jazz musician. So he was really big on like funky chords and like being able to hear like what a seven and nine, a, a add nine sounds like. Um, and being able to like him hit just two notes and us be like, that's this interval. Like, so that was really cool. But then my, uh, that was my first music theory course. My second music theory and ear training course was taught by a lady who has perfect pitch. So we got really into like fine tuning our ears. So, and honestly, those two courses have helped me be really good at basically everything that I do because with a foundation, a foundational theory and knowledge and being able to hear a note and go, okay, well that's this interval, like hear like a, a lead line and go, Hey, that's, this is how you kind of play that. Um, that's super helpful. Honestly, outside of that, like I made a bunch of cool friends that I stay in contact with, but I don't know. Outside of that, it was kind of pointless. I hate gen eds. They're stupid. I think, like half the college system is set up for you to like hate yourself the whole time. Uh, so I think that I would definitely, I wish that I could have done just the first year and had some sort of like degree that I could take with me. You know what I'm saying? Um, the, the second year for me was getting into educational courses and I really hated it. That's when I decided I wanted to drop out. And I was done. I tried to work it around that I didn't want to do education and tried to do communication stuff or whatever. And I don't know. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to end school with being $40,000 in debt. Um, and so I ended up leaving my after my second year. And I only owed like $5,000. So I just paid it off pretty quickly, like a couple months. And then I was kind of wash my hands of it and I was done. Um, so like I said, and it's kind of like what you said is like having that foundational knowledge of those key things is really cool. It's really important. But outside of the, outside of that, it's kind of, I I think it's diminishing returns to like, right. And then you also have to understand like there's different kinds of curriculums. Like if you're doing something that's more theory based, that's going to help you out as a writer and a producer, like so much. And like, I mean, you can definitely take classes outside of that. You know, you could get a teacher and pay for lessons. You can, you know, take one-off courses. Like, there's a bunch of stuff that you can do. Um, but a lot of these are kind of set up where, like, you know, there's, uh, I think it's California University, um, like, of Pennsylvania. We call it Cal U around these parts. Um, they have a music, like, tech program or something. And I know a couple kids who went there. And the one got a job just doing like AV after he did four years. And then I, I was just looking him up on Facebook. He's going back to school for music education because more than likely that reality probably set in of, yeah, man, there's nothing I could do with this degree. The other one, I couldn't figure out what he did, but I know he's not like producing records. And um, like, because I, I remember they were like, well, why aren't you doing something like that? Because like, I, I don't want to. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I want to I want to get produced records. Yeah. And I think a lot of people th- just get stuck up in that idea of, well, if I go to school, I could get a job. But like you don't you don't get hired as like a full time producer. Like you just don't unless if you're yeah. like one of the staff guys at like a huge studio. But like you have to have a track record to get in there. Like if you just send them your resume with a degree on it, they're going to be like, where's your portfolio? Yeah. The way the system worked, or at least it used to work in like the studio industry was you would go to school for engineering, like a music, like a studio engineer. And you'd learn all the cable patching. You'd learn how to run tape. You'd learn how to do like clean the mics. You'd learn how to change out tubes, whole nine yards. And then yeah, get, it was a lot more hands on. And you get a job as an intern at some big studio because there were a bunch of really big studios back then and you'd run coffee and grab pain medicine and you know grab cigarettes grab beer for people and sit in a corner and just watch and 
then at some point they'd teach you more and you'd graduate into doing your own stuff or they'd give you opportunities to do like produce your own records in the rooms or whatever and like the off hours um so and you kind of grew into it that way with the modern era of music that's kind of gone like internships and studios are kind of i mean they exist obviously but they're few and far between by comparison to yeah. to 15 20 years ago yeah and like another thing is most of these places don't even look for interns anymore they just look for runners yeah yeah that's true or they they look for runners but like even the interns this is actually really funny. Even now, the interns are probably more qualified producers than a lot of the people that are coming out of schools. Yeah. Because right. they've probably been self-producing stuff for five years prior to them getting this internship and being a runner at a big studio. Yeah. And so, like, another thing to take into consideration, it's like back in the day, like, you would go to school and then get an internship, but, like, most of what you learned was still through the internship. So like now, like you can't really do that. I mean, I know a guy, um, who, uh, who did that. He went to school and then he got an internship in Nashville at this studio. And now he just like, he's an engineer, but like, that's all he does. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to spend almost $200,000 just to make $15 an hour. And yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where like he has some cool credits, but those credits aren't paying the bills because it's in a pretty niche genre. And on top of that, like you were still just the engineer. Yeah, it's not like you're making back end or anything off that. Like, you right, can. he was a staff engineer. Like yeah. no one's gonna like seek you out. And being a staff engineer as a person who's had to do that before is very boring. <laughs> it it is it is very much a. So for those that don't, because that's this is kind of not a staff engineer isn't really something that like you think about nowadays, right? You think about like a producer or an engineer, but like a staff engineer definitely exists. Um, still, basically, you are a person who is on call, so that if somebody books a studio session, you are there to sit down and hit record. Yep. Well, another thing now with with how everything is being done from home and people only rent out studios to like track, like you'll see more often than not now, like the bigger studios don't even have like true engineers. They just like their rental comes with an assistant to show whoever's yeah. renting it how to use the space. A lot of times the assistant is the person that runs the actual session for the producer that has hired them. That is pretty common. Yeah. Um, but I, so it's I, but like you either have like a they don't get techie the person really, like yeah it's just it, it's a great way to meet people mm-hmm. that's that's true if that's your end goal but that that's the other thing and i think we're going to get into something else is like me as a person and you as a person are we i think whether we had school or not we would be where we are at and I think that it it's a term of how long it takes, right? Um, I think that's really it. And, like, you didn't do a ton of school. I did more than you, but not a bunch. Um, but I do think that my schooling has helped me kind of jump over a couple hoops that otherwise would have like kind of hindered me as far as like musicality ability to play a bunch of instruments like I learned a bunch of stuff like in that area but me translating that into production is on me no one taught me that like I had to sit down and go okay well I know how to do this so I can you know where I'm producing this record that needs a b c d whatever the heck and okay, well, I can sit down and do this thing now. And so that's kind of helped. But turning that into a job, no one teaches you how to do that. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to come out and I'm going to be making a bunch of money and making hit records. It's not how it works. Yeah. 
I mean, both skill-wise and business-wise, like, it takes a long time to build things. I've been on the pop train for a little over a year at this point, and it's just now catching on. Mm -hmm. Like, I just hit a huge milestone this month, and, like, like, we're talking 15 months in. Yeah, and you just hit, like, your first, like, really solid move into the into the market yeah and that's every day that's working every day yeah it's literally working every day and you know pulling 12 to 16 hour days consistently and like it's exhausting but like it's worth it for sure i'm meeting so many cool people man and i think that's and from what uh, because john said this it's like because he went to uh he did like uh la recording school yeah 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 which is like similar so i did a similar ish thing um he was like yeah it was more about like baseline knowledge and getting you know some connections with people and friends and stuff and a lot of people can like access those a little better and i think it's more about the people that make the most out of their time there uh nick nick even said this it was like his buddy that went to full sale right um that he had a buddy that went to full sale he was around the studios all the time, always asking questions to the teachers. He was in the studios every single day. Every night he was booking sessions with people like outside of his schoolwork. Like he was working consistently, trying things like on top of school. He was pushing himself in a direction that, and like I told Nick, whenever we talked about this, it was, he would have done that regardless school just helped him fast track of uh, uh, some of the baseline knowledge on like you know this is what a mic does this is what a compressor does this is an eq this is you know that kind of thing right and so what's interesting like coming up without that formal education like i i don't know how to use a desk i'll be honest with you if you put me in front of a desk i'd be like faders go slide and like that's about <laughs> it like I, I i don't know much about like actually like analog routing like i know how to use a patch bay that's compressor cool. goes burr yeah cur- compressor goes burr <laughs> and so like i like i don't big chord go click that's a yeah, good one that's hey, on my planner that's a good one, that's a good one. <laughs> shout out to nick um <laughs> Dude, he was telling me, okay, so we're, we're, I'm derailing this. Yeah. This tangent. is my job. All right. I just had to try <laughs> to stay on task for three episodes in a row. All right. I get to derail. Um, Nick and I were in the studio working on some stuff. And uh, my idea was, is to just pull the vocal out of the patch bay right into yeah. my Apollo and then run my outs back through the patch bay to hit his hearback system at the mm-hmm. studio. And so we were looking for the TT to XLR connectors and we couldn't find any that were long enough. So I clicked the XLR into another XLR and I was like so out of it. I just went big chord, go click. And that became a thing. And so I put it on my planner because I couldn't think of anything else stupid to get put on it. And he was telling me that the one company he was working for whenever they would do live shows, instead of wrapping up the XLRs and like putting them in a case... They would connect them all together and wind them up on a giant spool. That would bother me so Dude. bad. Watching people yeah. do that, that big cord go scream. click. That would make me scream. I would Ugh. literally start sobbing. Yeah. Um. And he said, yeah, it was pretty crazy because like they just couldn't figure out a better way to do it until like <laughs> they did. And I was like, what was the better way? And he goes, wrapping them by hand wrapping the cables like you're supposed to oh my gosh oh my gosh <laughs> like i wonder i wonder how how often they were like going through cables but Bro, anyway you know back to the ripping them apart yeah right back to the conversation anyway here. being that i didn't come up in like a traditional studio environment and this is something i've been thinking about a lot lately because i hear people talk about things and they're very like opinionated about certain things certain things in the studio whether it's like the type of microphone or the type of preamp that they're using or whatever and it's like, I'm making records that I think sound great on a $500 interface and a mic I bought for 500 bucks. And so like, to me, if you handed me like a 251 or even like a clone of a 251, I would be like, wow, it's so nice and bright. Yeah. You know, but like yeah. people would literally look at like that $4,000 clone and be like, oh, this sounds t- terrible. Don't even bring it near me. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so 
it's kind of cool that I didn't come up in that environment because I have no bias. If I need mm-hmm. to learn something, I just Google it real quick. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's like, I, I think that people kind of know too much for their own good. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm so I'm taking the Lewis Bell monthly course. And so I went through the intro stuff last night and he has this massive template with like 250 plugins loaded up. I put mm-hmm. a video of it in the group chat and um, he just does it so he could just reach for things and not have to load up more plugins. I think it's absolutely insane. Like, yeah, dude's a madman. But at one point he goes, yeah, so I've slate VMR here. And uh, yeah, this is just like the stock preset, but I think it gave vocals a nice volume. <laughs> That's what he said. A nice That's volume. Awesome. And it's like, if that dude can care so little yeah, and still have how many number ones, he has like m- more weeks it's on ridiculous in the top 10 than like anybody ever or something like that because of how many songs are up there at once. And um, like, I think it was last year, halfway through the year, he had already spent over a year on the charts. I'm about to look up his all music. So dude. I can insane and so it's it's things like that that i think we have to remind ourselves like sometimes being too educated really isn't a good thing you know there are certain things that really really matter but for the most part you can get away with doing a lot in this day and age that might not be technically correct but like you aren't jonas brothers sean mendez camilla cabello selena gomez tiesto uh, everything by post. Everything by post. Yeah, five five sauce. He did a bunch of five sauce stuff. Bro, he did. Uh, my favorite Taylor Swift song was done by him. Afterglow. Yeah. So yeah, he's. I mean, dude's got credits for days. Um. Yeah, I'm really interested in that. I'll have to look at that course. Uh, I think so. And we're oh, gonna... speaking of Taylor, uh, Jack Antonoff is another great yeah. example of this. He was going through his studio and he has tons and tons of outboard gear, but they're all instruments. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really have like racks and racks and racks. And uh, so he's he just goes through and he's like, yeah, like I like everything here because it's very quick for me. And I like the sounds that I'm getting. What like typical things that you say when yeah. people ask you about the stuff you use. But he also doesn't really think too much about it. He was like, well, sometimes you just want to use an SM58 on the vocal because that's yeah. what it needs. And uh, you know, he's very much in that same thought. It's of, like, a very he, beautiful way to think about it too. Right. Like these things don't matter, but yeah. like in audio school, they'll tell you <laughs> the contrary, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, well with this microphone, it's best if you use this preamp. And so, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I, this is something, and this is kind of going back to the whole, like learning your basics thing. I think there is something to be said for, the only the, the place where school is really good in my opinion is learning the baseline of things so like not learning biases but learning facts so yeah. for instance i did a i did a, a um a class in charlotte i drove an hour and a, a three hours round trip um four times a week for th- three months uh, to go while I was working a full-time job to go to this course that they were running at a studio because the dude that runs the studio has got some Grammys for mixing. Uh, they He just got a Grammy for um, DaBaby because I think he, ma- he did mastering on it or something uh, on one of DaBaby, on Suge, I think, or, or one of, no, it was Rockstar. It was, yeah, it was Rockstar. That's what DaBaby won a Grammy for. Um, so he did the mastering for that stuff. And I so I went up there probably three years ago or something like that. It's called Gat 3. This is in Charlotte. Shout out to the homies. They're great. Um, they, do a re- they do a recording academy course that's like so cheap, dude. It's like I want to say like $5,000 for three months. But the key thing is, it's a small it's a small class size. They teach you everything, and I'm talking everything, like as far as basics go. 
we started with waveforms why waveforms are the way they are like the like a little bit of like acoustical science behind everything um they also teach you they teach you pro tools because that's what they use at the studio so it's easier for you to learn that way um but they also they have a class on midi they have the fun part is so you do it was three days a week you two days during the week of like schooling class where you like sit in a classroom and you like learn you know this is this this is this so we're like we're learning mics so you learn what like polarity how a mic works like i don't know if you know how a sm57 or anything like that works like there's little plates in there that when you sing into them it activates the electrons in the plates and that's what sends the vocal through the cable it's like that kind of stuff um for like fixing things in the future is actually going to be pretty helpful it's very helpful and another thing like i missed out on was just like components and how Mm -hmm. they make things yeah. sound different yeah it's like uh i mean you know in the in the different discords that i'm in like these some of these guys are wizards like you know david fuller he knows exactly how he would build a speaker yeah he knows how the cabinet would be shaped he knows exactly what speakers he would put in it which tweeters to put in it like yeah what kind of crossovers to do how to tune it like he knows those things and that blows my mind because i bought a pair of focal shaped twins and i listened to them and i said big speaker go burr yeah and <laughs> My mixes sound fine on them. I like how they sound. Yeah. It's bright enough for me. I'm a happy camper, but he swears that 2 to 3K on these speakers are just impossibly inaccurate. But to me, it sounds great because that was always a problem area for me. I hated yeah. speakers that had a lot of 2 to 3K. So it's cool that he knows the reason behind all that. But whenever I was shopping for microphones, you know, I didn't know a ton about mics. I just knew like... I knew generally what different microphones sounded like and kind of what I was looking for. And, um, you know, once I started diving into it and looking at how the different components caused them to sound different and then react Mm -hmm. under different circumstances with different vocalists, it kind of put me down the path of, I just need to find a super clean microphone that's flat. And so I ordered a Jay-Z BH2. It's on the way. And um, because, like, I probably would have bought a $3,000 reference <laughs> if mm. I didn't like look into that. And the reference wouldn't sound good on every voice, despite them being pretty clean. Yeah. But they're just a little too bright. And so uh, that was just like one of those things where if I would have just known that from the start, then I would have immediately started searching for a microphone that was transformerless and flat because yeah. I want it I want to be able to use it on a vocalist who's just screaming mm-hmm. and then I also want to be able to use it on a quiet vocalist like mm-hmm. I can always add saturation later whether it's through like getting a 500 series rack or if I want to use a plugin and yeah. like that's totally cool but uh yeah like there's just certain things that you need to kind of learn like well, I, I know guys who could hear compression and know exactly what compressor it is. That's why. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely crazy. don't know that level of, I'm not that good yet, that, but that's experience too, man. Like, so the other thing I was going to say is the cool thing about this course that I did was the first two, the two days you did like actual classroom things. Like I said, where you learn about like whatever. And then that Saturday is a lab day and it's a eight hour day of you literally in the studio all day working on what you learned about in the class that week. So if it's mics, we had a bunch of different mics. We would sit down, we would like plug them in and we would talk into the mics and we would like shoot out. And they had a mic, a huge mic closet. I'm talking like 80 plus different microphones. And from like your 58 your sm58 all the way up to they had a uh a freaking sony c800 uh it was amazing like i got to hear them all and what they sounded like and what they did gosh did to my voice what dude i I pulled up their gear list and oh it's huge they have more mics so i i have an artist down in tampa that i'm gonna fly down and work with and um I'm going through the studios and I can't find a single studio that has a vocal chain that I like, which is depressing. 
Yeah, yeah, like, this they're all really close. Great. But then you know, Clear Track has almost what I want, but it, it's too expensive to just for me to just like run out for mm-hmm. however long. This spot's really cool. They have a bunch of wow. really cool stuff. They have, they literally have everything. They have mm-hmm. two C eight hundred Gs, uh, a Neumann U forty seven. Yep. Uh, Telefunken two fifty one. They have a Telefunken eighty seven, like pre war. Dude, this is crazy. So like you get to hear so like I got to sit in a in a studio, track stuff with all every single mic and hear the difference. And then what we did was we tracked it flat and then we got to run it through different preamps and hear what the preamp did. And then we got to run it through different compressors and hear what the compressor did. And then part of the class is you track a song. So we found a band um that came up, it was like a country rock band. And we tracked a song. We tracked full kit. We set it up. Like, we we tried a bunch of different options as far as, like, mics and compressors and EQs. And then it's it's a really cool – I honestly – this is what school should be. That's as what far school as should school. be. Dude, they have a 54 Hammond C3 in Leslie. They have a 56 Wurlitzer, a 70s Rhodes. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, and so this place and they seem sick. They're, yeah, and the dude, the guys wow. that work there are really great. Uh, Glenn and his wife Susan are sweethearts. Like, when I tell you that if you're in the Charlotte area or even close by, go do this course. It is, especially if you're a new newer person, this is probably the one of the few in person courses that I would suggest you do. Because you will learn the baseline. Now, it depends on what you do with that information while you're taking the course on how far that information will take you. The other thing is they do offer internships sometimes. So this is one of the few studios that still offers internships. They run assistants. They run the whole nine. It's a big. It's a pretty big studio. I mean, they have... Um, they have two... They have two rooms. Uh, one is the A room, and that's where we did all of the stuff. And one is the B room, and they have a mastering set up there. And that's the other thing. You learn about mastering change. You learn about vocals. You learn about editing. So once we get to, once we got past the tracking phase with the band that we brought in, we tracked all of the vocals and we took all of that stuff back to our classes on during the weekdays and we practiced editing. So we practiced, you know, elastic audio. And so we were using pro tools. So we practiced elastic audio, which is a time stretch editing format versus beat detective, which is a uh, spliced and moved editing format. And we kind of learned which one was better for what source or like what we preferred and how we worked um, they didn't really push any specific thing on us. It was more of, hey, here are the options. Let's figure out what works. And then we went through, you know, compressors on plugins. And we went through comp- EQs on plugins. And kind of we we walked through the entirety, the entire process of making a record from from literally talking to a band and setting up a session to the end where we mixed the song and got it mastered and the band got it for free, which was pretty cool. So, but we got to sit in on the mastering session too and kind of, you know, watch, watch a mastering session, which is like, I don't have, most people have never even seen a mastering session before. Like that's huge. So yeah, I think I hype this thing up a lot, mainly because it taught me a ton and I see so many people talking about schools and going down the don't do it. And I generally agree. Like school's probably not for you. I would try to find some sort of course in person class like this with a studio, some sort of recording yeah. program with a studio. There's a massive difference between a degree and then like a course. So like I think Blackbird does one. Yeah. Blackbird does one. Uh, there's the recording if- Academy. Yeah, and I think and, that's over in Ohio. Yeah, and then yes, yeah, that's the one that um Chris Graham talks about sometimes. And a lot of those Ohio guys go there. 
Uh, and then I think there's one. There's a couple in the northeast. Uh, I'm sh- I'm pretty sure there's one in New York somewhere um, that are like not crazy expensive. But that's the other thing. These are, I mean, when you're talking about school, right? You're talking about a cool sixty to eighty thousand dollars, right? Or let's pull it back. You're graduating college. You have your parents are like, what do you want to do for school? You know, a lot of parents, if we're, you know, if we're lucky, your parents are like, I'll cover at least the first year of school for you. Right. Or I'll cover the first two years of school. My parents were like, Hey, I'll cover the first two years of school for you. As long as you make decent grades. I was like, okay, cool. Um, say, Hey, just give me the money, pay for this one $5,000 course. I'm going to take this course. If you could pay for this $5,000 course and have roughly, I mean, you're probably not going to get a year's worth of school from your parents. That's like 20 grand or 40 grand, depending on where you go for a private school. But they could probably give you, you know, seven or $8,000, right? Pay $5,000 for this course. You get a bunch of knowledge, baseline education opportunity to talk to people, ask questions, handle real equipment, and then spend the other money on a computer and a really basic setup and start working. I feel like your money is going to be exponentially more well spent in that seven to $8,000 than it would be over the course of four years and 60 to $80,000. Also, um, I'm sorry. Friends, I just talked a lot. So our, our friend, well, I, it was also perfect. Um, for those who are on the YouTube thing, I snuck out and I went pee while he was doing all that talking. Yeah. It was perfect. <laughs> Great timing. Um, uh, like something that, uh, our friend Seth said is that you'll learn more if you try to mix 10 songs in two days than you would if you spent, you know, 10 days mixing one song. And that's really true. That's something that I've been trying to like really dive into. And then you get a general idea of what you're good at and then what mm-hmm. you're bad at. And so I, I noticed my, my vocal mixes have gotten a lot better recently, but they still aren't there. So I spent like a few hours last night and a few hours this morning just diving into like my vocal mixing. Like, what am I doing? that Mm -hmm. I don't like what am I doing that I really like and then I'm going through my entire chain figuring out how to simplify it how to do different things to try to you know get different results Mm -hmm. and uh you know really just paying and paying attention to the little details because I think it's important to kind of develop your skills broadly and then once you're there start honing in on the little things that make a huge difference because like the difference between a $500 mix engineer and then a $5,000 mix engineer isn't really that much like what we'll say 10 to 20% difference between the two right yeah but it's that 10 to 20% that is worth the extra $4,500 and it's the 10 to 20% that puts you in front of thousands of people as far as as far as quality yeah like you know people aren't paying you to do an okay job they're paying you to do a great job so like figuring out how to like just hone in your process for everything i remember whenever i was first starting out and i was like like kind of engineering stuff like i would sit through and i'd figure out the easiest ways to track like complex guitar parts with different punch in settings and how like like what felt more comfortable for most people. Yeah. And so you're kind of able to just like work on like those specific things and you'll see a lot more growth. I would even argue, I would even argue that the difference between the the difference between amateur and professional, as far as mixing engineer goes is roughly 10 specific moves. Probably. I I would say like, and you're talking about, even less percentage wise, you're talking about 5% difference. Yeah. Like, like if you're uh, looking it, at it as a whole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably. Cause it could be like, 
using less e- using less compression or using comp- uh, more compression in different ways yeah. um using more compressors doing less compression overall you know like there's something st- that i strategic was things like that and, and like that really comes down to being able to listen not only to your stuff but other mm-hmm. people's stuff my favorite mix right now is always do by the kid Leroy. i think that vocal mix is perfect because it's mm-hmm. insanely bright but it sounds natural um a lot of pop music right now it gets pretty scooped and it sounds unnatural but mm-hmm. if you're able to make it sound natural yeah dude, that's really sounds cool. warm and the secret in that that i've been noticing is it's all in the low mids a lot of people mm-hmm. will suck out the mids and then they're like oh yeah cool it's bright but really it's a lot more than that mm-hmm. and so i've been like trying to figure out how i could get a more consistent low mid range out of my vocal that's what that's literally all i was doing for probably a total of five hours over the past two days mm-hmm. so i was using different multi-bands i was using saturation i was using spectral shaper i was using all kinds of different trying things stuff yeah just to try to get to glue that in place because it kept popping out and i didn't like it at all and uh, if it wasn't for me critically listening and figuring out, okay, what's different between, you know, this mix and my mix, then I probably would have never have been like, yeah, I need to sit down and figure out how to tame my low mids and keep it like static essentially. Mm-hmm. And um, that's been a huge thing for me. Same with like uh, 808s and getting 808s to sit right. A lot of people will just throw them in and like, that's fine as long as it's not eating the whole mix. But like, yeah. I've been playing around with different ways to get your low end to sit right. I would, I would say that educationally you and I have done similar things outside of me doing that one course from then on educationally, you and I have done a lot of listening, a lot of trial and error and a lot of Googling or YouTube searches or different, like, you know, watching people do things or asking questions. And honestly, asking questions has probably been one of the bigger things. Uh, Yeah. There's that. And then also like, don't be afraid to like like when I, like like work with other people man you mm-hmm. learn so much more from working with other people than you will any book yeah and because everybody has their different tricks yeah you know like whenever I, seth mixed my song i learned a lot about you know how to get a present vocal without it being harsh um whenever uh you know i'm sending stuff for him to master it's still just mind-boggling i can't wrap my head around it yeah because it's yeah. just so loud and so yeah he he kills it i don't understand it but and but being able to ask questions like hey what did what was your approach with my mix mastering this time or hey uh what did you do on my vocal here that really helped it sit a little bit better that because i've been struggling with that you know stuff like that and so this is something else um sometimes the best learning opportunity is for you to not work on your own stuff yeah that's huge. And that's something that honestly, until about three or four years ago, I did not understand. Like I didn't grasp that until I went and worked in other studios with people. And I was brought on to do like, what if I was just brought on to do post-production or brought on to just write or brought on to like, uh, like even for the VeggieTales stuff that me and Shama did, like I was brought on to write and produce, but I wasn't mixing and I wasn't engineering. I was just literally there to write parts which is huge whenever I have the freedom to go, Hey, give me that guitar. Bam, bam, bam. And then I can see what he does with that guitar. Like, Hey, here's this cool part. Or, Hey, I need this Mellotron or let's use your profit for this part. Um, let's set up an ARP and let's do that. And then watching what they did with all of that to put it together has been, was huge for me. Um, and like same thing, like working with mastering engineers, like sending it off to get mastered, say, Hey, ask for feedback say hey like what can i do to make my mix better for you as the mastering engineer who is helping me get it to the finish line um or as a producer uh if you do a rough mix right and you're working with a much bigger mix engineer than you hey what are some can you give me some feedback on my rough mix now that you have the raw files of what i was also working with like where are some places that kind of went wrong? Where are some places that I kind of messed up? If Especially if they use the same DAW as you, being able to send them your session and be like, hey, look at my session, kind of see what I'm doing. Um, you know, why not? Like, why not ask? You'll learn 
exponentially more than reading a book. Uh, now, I, I, we say all that to say it's probably not for everybody, school, college, music college in general. I will say there are some key areas where it's very necessary. But it's not in the pop music industry, generally speaking. There's a couple that are. Um, if you want to be an A&R or some sort of like music business person, I, I would say that there's probably, I would say, I would say, yeah, I would say that you could probably, it would probably behoove you to go to school for some sort of music business to learn the ins and outs of that section of it. Yeah, I would. Because you're much more likely no. to get some sort of internship with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, sure, you're much more likely to get an internship. But, like, if <laughs> if that professor knew how to make it in the music industry, why are they a professor right now? No, I understand like, that. I'm talking I'm talking about the business side of things. I'm not talking about the artist, pr- producer, engineer side of things. I'm yeah, talking no, about... That's what I'm talking about, though. Like, if like, they're such a great A&R, why aren't they working at Interscope? Or maybe they did and they just wanted to retire and make that that easy money teaching that's true they might have so like, like that's I a big know. part of it i i feel like the business I've, side of thing is a little more it's not necessary i'm not saying it's necessary i'm saying that it's you could probably get a lot more out of school than somebody trying to be a producer or an engineer going to school for music business because you also learn stuff like uh law you learn like tax sides of things with music industry. There's a bunch of stuff that you're going to learn in school like that, that is going to trial and error with that kind of stuff is like not very good to mess with. So I mean, at the same time though, that's why lawyers exist. Yeah. But you still have to know like how to read a contract stuff right. like that. So there, like I said, I think that's, I think that's one area that you could probably say the other one is theater. Um, there's some, there's, I think there's some say for, obviously it's not necessary. You can go to local theater and do that stuff, but like learning to act and dance in a theatrical area. And as far as the music industry goes, I feel like you could probably go to a specific theater school for that kind of thing and push into that more. Um, I, I know I w- people who do both theater and then also like dance, like for like music stuff, mm-hmm. like music videos or like live performances. Yeah. And uh, the two people that I know of both dropped out of school. Yeah. So I know about half and half. I know some of the people that are dancers didn't do school, but most of the people that I know that are acting on a higher level did. Actually, uh, Sam's sister, she actually, um, she actually like helps run like a dance studio and she went to school for like microbiology. Yeah. That's funny. Just pretty cool. So she has a great plan B. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic plan. B. Exactly. It'll be a glow up. Yeah. Well, I I don't like money wise. Money wise. Yeah. (laughs) Money wise. No, but I, but I, I will say there is something to be said for being around a lot of people and getting a chance to act in a lot of stuff. That's kind of where like the theater thing really helps. Um, because you get opportunities that if you were trying to do that, you're just not going to get any opportunities. I don't know, I, again, though, like uh, my friend Noah is starting to do cool stuff with acting and he didn't go to school for it. Yeah. He just did like I said, local it's not, stuff that he I'm saying, I'm saying it's not meeting. necessary. I'm saying it's especially in, if you don't live in a large area, it's probably pretty helpful. Um, I see. I would argue that you're better off saving the money and just moving to a better city or that, but, or moving to a better city for school and then just staying in that city. Yeah, that too. Like that's, that's an option. You could use school as an excuse to move. Um, yeah. Cause like, I mean, at the end of the day, like you're able to get auditions without. Yeah. Without any, yeah. 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 Like, you can get auditions, but getting in sometimes honestly do getting ins in those some of those auditions is like knowing a a professor that used to work that used to be friends with this director or like dude that whole world's so so connected like and very clicky um another one that is required if you're going to teach 
if you want to teach and that's your thing, like you got to go to school for that mainly because not, not that you couldn't teach without it, but that there are, there are required like state guidelines that you have to pass like X amount of tests to teach. Like you have to pass a test and have a certificate. Um, I think it's like to teach in high school, you have to have at least a bachelor's degree and to teach in college, you have to have at least a master's degree. I think um, that varies based on the state. It varies based on the state, but I I think that's what it is in South Carolina, at least. And in PA, it's super weird. Like, you could become a teaching assistant by just, like, taking an online course. Mm-hmm. It's very bizarre. But you can't be a teacher unless you take the state, like, teaching test. Yeah, which like, is, you're like, able to do, like, really complicated. It, it's, it's so bizarre. It's really dumb. I'm not saying yeah, that it's, it's so right. Dumb. I'm saying that... To do it, this is how you have to do it because that's the guidelines that are in place for us to do it. I'm not saying it's cool. I'm saying it's freaking stupid. It's but so stupid. Just let yeah. people teach. Dude, like, and well, they have like really specific guidelines you have to follow. That's one of the reasons that I didn't want to teach and that I would much rather, um, I would much rather teach it this way where it's more conversationally and from experience rather than, hey, I have to follow X amount of guidelines in order to keep my job and pass this test in order to keep my job. It's really stupid, but you do have to go to school for that specific thing. Um, jazz is really fun to go to school for just because you get connect. Cause a lot of those guys are really well connected in that world. Cause a lot of jazz musicians end up teaching. Um, it's also so, a really cool thing to just tell random people. Like, yeah. Study jazz. Yeah, it's it's cool. Uh, obviously, you definitely don't have to go to school for that, but that is just like I don't know. It's just a cool thing. Um, I know a lot of guys that gig, that are jazz musicians, went to school for like jazz, like a lot of Berkeley guys and a lot of like uh, that actually went to like physical Berkeley and a lot of um, dudes that went to. Um, not MTSU, but the other one in Nashville. Uh, Juilliard. No, that's in New York. I have no clue. Is, yeah. is that a music school? Yeah. Okay, cool. At least that was close. Uh, oh, uh, there's a band, Belmont. Belmont, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Belmont. Um, a lot of guys that go there that end up still staying in the music industry um, end up being like, you know, being like in jazz groups that like go play events and stuff and like so like that's and you make good money doing that you can be a gigging jazz musician for the rest it's, of your life it's silly how, how much better like some of like the um more commercial and like uh corporate yeah gigs are, man like they're so good at what they do it's silly i i know that nick at one point he was he was like touring with like some like CCM or I forget what it was. Some kind of like artist that would do like more like commercial events. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, it was cool. Like I was actually on a bus and yeah. actually got paid. Dude, wow. the freaking, um, that conversation that we had with him about school was actually really, really good. So I'm going to suggest if you're listening to this and you're like, I just want more, like I'm interested to hear more about like school talk like if this is something that's piqued your interest and this is actually pretty apt because it's as we're recording this, it's April. We're coming near to the end of the school year for a lot of people. People are about to graduate. A lot of people have already made college decisions, but some people are like me and Josh and are, and like are coming to the end of the school year and they're going and they're going, uh, I don't know. I'm a graduate and that's what I'm going to do. So yeah. I've seen like five different posts this week, so I wanted to talk about this because all these people are like, what music school should I go to? And it's like, well, first of all, what do you want to do? Why do you want to do it? Where do you live? Yeah. How much money do you have? Like, There's there's a bunch that goes into it. It's not just what music school do I want to go yeah. to. It's like uh, America as a whole kind of like glorifies college as like this yeah. end-all, be-all system that's going to make you a lot of money. And that's not the truth. A lot of people waste a lot of money. And Another a lot good- of people have entire careers built off of their college experience so another good person to so go back and listen to the to to nick's episode doer specifically nick doer's episode of the podcast we talk about you know going to school and we talk about his experience as a live audio engineer and a producer 
people coming in that have degrees and like kind of what the dichotomy of like or the disconnect sorry there between like the what they've learned in school and his actual like live experience and how that just it doesn't mesh always he said some people are great and then a lot of them aren't um but another really good if you just want a quick google or youtube search uh kenny beats did was talking on his twitch stream and they posted it on youtube about he went to berkeley i don't know if you knew this he went to berkeley uh he went for guitar and he went for music business uh i don't remember if he graduated or not i think he did i want to say he did but he said a lot of what he learned in berkeley was more about the people around him and being friends and constantly doing stuff and he obviously learned like some cool stuff like theory and all that from guitar and he learned some cool things about the insides of the business and how it works and how to make it work for him but something that a lot of people say that i think you guys should take away with this and this is probably where we'll end is when just because you do school doesn't mean you're in the middle of your career when you finish school that's when your career starts that's when the grind starts Whenever you start working, that's when the grind starts. Whether like, And just because you have schooling doesn't mean that you are guaranteed or that you deserve anything. Yeah. And then also keep in mind, like, if you're younger, if you're in high school right now, seriously, go do whatever you have to do to get the things you need to do to get a mm-hmm. head start. Because, like, I'm super thankful I got started at the age I did mm-hmm. because I everything I learned was wrong because it was all like how people do things in metal so like my like i feel like i didn't start until the past like two or three years even though i've been at it for like eight at this point maybe but you learned but you have like two or three years of learning what not to do which is honestly equally as important yeah and like it it takes a long time just for you to like like phineas was talking about that he was like it took me like seven or eight years before i even found something that i was like okay this almost competes almost competes, yeah you yeah, know? yeah and like that's kind of where like i was at too and so like, i'm probably coming up on ten thousand hours here within the next few years which i'm yep. excited about but like yeah like you don't master something for ten thousand hours that's a lot of hours yeah like you're only gonna get there if you keep working and working towards like actually doing things the way yep. that you want to do them in the future yep. and uh like just being intentional about the things that you're doing is super super important yeah so i think that's a good place to stop we're hitting on about an hour or so um <sighs> guys it's good to be back i'm glad that uh i'm here everybody's uh, glad too because they don't have to listen to me <laughs> ramble um just as like an ending update baby's good wife is good everybody's healthy everybody's good over here um yeah so thank you again josh for running the last couple weeks or so without me um and guys if you got any questions you know as always hit us up uh we did have a question about the discord apparently some of the link or something was there was broken so i'm gonna fix links i'm pretty sure discord links automatically expire so so we're gonna we're gonna fix that um mind you there's nobody in that discord besides me and drew right now let's get in let's get some people in there so let's get some people in there get it popping if not then we have a backup plan (laughs) and i I do and we're gonna um i want i'm gonna have josh post the video that he shared in our private group chat in the discord so if you want to see what that massive session from uh lewis bell looked like i don't know if i'm allowed to do that so we'll wait until I'm done with the course and then I'll share it. Yeah. But it'll get shared in there eventually. I don't want uh, them to kick me out, man. No, somebody like somebody from monthly will like be like looking for people who are sharing content who didn't pay. Nah. Um, I mean, yeah. You're just showing crazy plugin chains. Uh it's so sick. But it's so sick. But uh yeah, we'll do that and I'll try to drop some of the videos that I've talked about in here in the Discord. Uh, if you're interested so yeah hit up links in our description on instagram at home studio hangout come say hey 
once again, hit us up if you got any questions. And thanks for hanging out. Bye. And that's it for this episode of the Home Studio Hangout Podcast. Thank you so much for coming to hang out with us today. If you'd like to find any of the links to all of the stuff that we talked about today, you can find it on YouTube. Just search Home Studio Hangout or find it on the After School Podcast YouTube channel. All the links for everything we talked about will be in the description of this episode. Thanks again for checking us out. If you aren't subscribed, please go ahead and subscribe to us on your favorite uh, podcast channel. Leave a review if you gain some knowledge or learn something from what we talked about today. It helps other people find us and maybe even grow a little bit more. Once again, thanks for coming and hanging out and keep on creating. <laughs>